So this is the third in the haematology podcasts, and it's going to be about hematological malignancies. As this is such a, a large and complicated subject, I've decided to split it up into two sections. In the first section, I'm going to look at the malignancies of bone marrow origin. So that includes acute leukemia, chronic lymphocytic leukemia, the myeloproliferative disorders, and I'm going to talk very, very briefly then about myelodysplastic disorders. In the second part, or second podcast section, I'm going to talk about um, lymphoma and myeloma. So first of all, before going to talk about each of the, the diseases that are of bone marrow origin, um, I'm going to go through a little bit of the basic principles of, of these malignancies. Um, it's been said that the hematological malignancies are equal in complexity only to the glomerulonephritis and other renal disorders in complexity. Um, and I think often with these kind of things, it's quite good to go back to some basic principles before talking about the specific diseases and end up kind of just learning a list of things for each, each, each disease. So, first of all, we can split up the hematological malignancies into the malignancies of bone marrow origin, of extra bone marrow origin, and those that have a bizarre kind of, kind of mix. So the malignancies of bone marrow origin have a common origin, which is some type of mutation in the hematopoietic stem cell that results in disrupted differentiation and maturation of its progeny. The etiology of this mutation is usually unknown, um, but there are some specific associations. Radiation exposure, that includes after radiation disasters and with x-rays. Chemical exposure, so chemotherapy and specifically benzene can also cause it, as can um, genetic profiles, for example, Down's syndrome. Sufferers have increased incidence of leukemias and viruses, and specifically the human T-cell leukemia virus 1. In terms of the precise mutations that take place, um, chromosomal abnormalities are specifically quite common, and this is the reason that karyotyping in hematological malignancies is, is important. And there are kind of four types of, of, of chromosomal abnormalities that can occur. There are various translocations, um, 100 of which have been described in acute leukemia. There are deletions, such as in AML, various deletions and hotspots on chromosome 5 and 7 have been described. There are duplications, for example, the plus 8 duplication in AML. And there are also point mutations that can occur. However, the end result of all of these different mutations, as we've said before, is disrupted differentiation and maturation. So from this point, we can consider a number of possibilities. If there is no or very little differentiation in the mutated hematopoietic stem cells, you basically end up with immature or undifferentiated blasts in the bone marrow. These cells have a huge proliferative capacity, rapidly overwhelm other marrow cells, and spill out into the blood. This is the situation of acute leukemia. If differentiation does occur, the mutated stem cells have reduced proliferative capacity, so this is more associated with fairly chronic or indolent disease. And we can consider it under two lines. If it goes down the lymphoid line, there is a chronic lymphocytic leukemia, a leukemia that's very common in, in, in elderly patients, and there are myeloid line differentiation as well, which can be further categorized, again, by looking at the differentiation. So if the differentiation down the myeloid line is predominantly normal, there basically are large numbers of normal myeloid cells produced, and these are the myeloproliferative disorders. 
Um, these disorders have a number of, of disease states, all of which depend upon which particular cell line is dominant. For example, if you have a, a red, the, the red blood cell line that's dominant, you end up with polycythemia vera. If you have um, the megakaryocyte line dominant, you end up with either essential thrombocythemia or idiopathic myelofibrosis. But if the neutrophil line is predominant, you end up with chronic myeloid leukemia. And the next category is, is if there is ineffective differentiation. And the problem here is that these developing myeloid cells, which don't differentiate properly, end up being destroyed in the bone marrow. And this results in the, in the less kind of heard about uh, disorders or myelodysplastic syndromes. With all these malignancies that have a more indolent chronic course, it should be appreciated that they, they have a tendency to become worse over time, as often mutations accumulate and the cells become less well differentiated, so as we'd expect, can result in um, rapid proliferative uh, overdrive and an, an acute leukemia. So that kind of really explains some of the malignancies of bone marrow origin. Lymphoma can be regarded as a malignancy outside the bone marrow. So a malignancy of lymphocytes that have actually um, migrated to either lymph nodes or, or other organs. And while the malignancies of bone marrow origin tend to present with abnormal blood counts, these tend to present with solid mass lesions. And obviously, if you, if you think about the, um, the, the, the problem of, of lymphocyte um, malignancy, um, it's much more common in B cells and T cells. And, and this makes sense because these B cells, which are undergoing somatic hypermutation, have inherent genetic instability, which tends to predispose them to this, this, type, of, this type of problem. The last um, hematological malignancy is, is myeloma, which is a kind of bizarre mix of all of these. It's a malignancy of plasma cells. And what happens is that the, the, the cells are terminally differentiated, obviously in forming plasma or antibody-producing cells, and they then home back to the, to the bone marrow. So you get features of bone marrow destruction because of these, mel these um, cells over-proliferating, and also kind of peripheral involvement things, which are really due to large quantities of um, immun immunoglobulins produced by these cells. So I, I, I kind of find that a quite useful way to, to think about and to subclassify these diseases. And actually, if you know those features, you can pretty much figure out the presentation and what's going on from, from basic principles. So I'm now going to talk about specifically, in this first part, the malignancies of bone marrow origin. And first of all, I'm going to talk about those where there is um, immature, undifferentiated blast in the bone marrow. This situation, as we know, is acute leukemia. So acute leukemia comes in two different flavors, um, acute myeloblastic leukemia and acute lymphoblastic leukemia. The diagnosis between the two is largely similar and relies upon the detection of greater than 20% blast cells in either a peripheral blood smear or bone marrow sample. Further diagnosis can be made with um, immunophenotyping to determine myeloid or lymphoid origin and karyotyping. Um, which has a role in detecting the specific abnormalities that are present, those specific genetic mutations we spoke about earlier, which can be useful in determining treatment susceptibility and um, prognosis. So firstly, uh, acute lymphoblastic leukemia. This um, is the commonest leukemia that occurs in children um, with a peak age of around four years. Of important here is that organ infiltration with blast is very common and occurs typically at either lymph sites, so um, resulting in lymphadenopathy or hepatosplenomegaly, the CNS, 
or the testes, which is another particularly common site of actually recurrence of, of, of disease once it's been treated. There is a fairly complex um, classification based upon immunological markers on the blast cells. But the important thing is that the, the commonest leukemia is usually called common ALL type and is associated with a CD10 marker. Adults um, typically have null ALL, which is very, very primitive cells with a very poor prognosis, actually, um, and have no markers on the cells. And then there are another there are a group of other ones, um, which I think are really of interest um, for completeness. I'm going to mention them briefly. So you can have either pre-B-ALL, B-ALL, or T-ALL. And that all really depends upon the level of, of differentiation of these, of these blast cells. This leukemia is really very responsive to treatment and has a, a rather um, good prognosis. Um, acute myeloblastic leukemia, or AML, is much more common in adults. And while it can arise de novo, it's usually associated um, with another hematological problem or malignancy. For example, CML, um, the myeloproliferative disorders, and the myelodysplastic um, disorders. It's also associated with chemoradiotherapy for, for solid tumors. This is also subclassified into eight different subtypes, which are entitled, um, which are labeled between M0 and M7. Importantly, in, in acute myeloblastic leukemia, while there tends to be involvement um, of lymph organs causing lymphadenopathy, hepatosplenomegaly, other um, organ infiltration is incredibly rare, except with M4 and M5 subtypes, which causes bizarre infiltration of gum, skin, and um, nervous system. It's also quite interesting and characteristic that 30% of um, patients presenting with an acute myeloblastic leukemia picture will have our rods in the blast cells, and these are really pathognomonic with AML. So basically, therapies for these acute leukemias are primarily supportive, treating the complications of bone marrow failure, so blood products, um, antibiotics, etc. And also they're specific, um, either with chemotherapy, typically in combination, and also with um, stem tra cell transplantation, which, which may, be, may be, be, be curative. In children, there's a specific cycle that I think um, we've come across before, which, which has kind of uh, three phases. In the induction phase, the aim is to achieve complete remission. There's then an intensification cycle over a couple of months um, to avoid relapse, and then a prolonged um, maintenance therapy if, if necessary. So that really completes the um, malignancies of bone marrow origin that are associated with very little differentiation. Now I'm going to go on to talk about the much larger group of conditions in, that occur in association with mutated but usually well-differentiated poetic stem cells. And I'm going to consider these in two groups, the, those that occur in the lymphoid line and those that occur in the myeloid line. So those that go down the, the lymphoid line um, result in a chronic lymphocytic leukemia which really can be regarded as a kind of leukemic form of lymphocytic lymphoma, where there is a monoclonal proliferation of small lymphocytes. 95% um, of these are of B cell type um, and 5% of T cells. Typically, CLL presents over 60 years and is twice as common in men than women. It is usually diagnosed based upon an incident incidental finding on a blood panel, um, and it has a very characteristic kind of pathophysiology. Basically, as these small lymphocytes um, proliferate um, in the bone marrow, some spill over into the blood, resulting um, in a lymphocytosis. 
and end up migrating and, 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 and seeding in lymph nodes, causing lymphodenopathy, which is typically described as widespread and rubbery, and also hepatosplenomegaly. And then eventually, as the cells get out of control and proliferate to such a high degree, bone marrow failure results, and obviously that, that would be symptomatic. There are also two specific associations to be aware of here. That is an association with autoimmune disease because of B-cell dysregulation. Um, these are the hemolytic anemia and um, thrombocytopenia, or idiopathic uh, thrombocytopenia purpura, and also reduced immunity due to abnormal production or not abnormal production, but lack of production of immunoglobulins. And this typically results in recurrent lower respiratory tract infections. So in terms of the, the lab findings, obviously there'll be a lymphocytosis. And also, just like with the hour rods in AML, CLL has smear cells or um, abnormal lymphocytes that have been disrupted by the, the smearing, smearing process. Um, there's also a reduced immunoglobulin fraction in the blood. And the, the marrow sample will show characteristically um, lymphocytic replacement of the normal marrow elements. The next stage um, cell with um, immunophenotyping, um, just for interest, shows a CD5, 19, and 23 positive um, picture. Early disease, um, because of the more the, the indolent course of CLL, is not really treated, and, and a watch and wait approach is typically used. It's important to note that up to 5% of CLL um, can transform to a high-grade B-cell lymphoma that's typically highly resistant to treatment, and this is called rictus syndrome. More advanced disease may be treated with chemotherapy, for example, chlorambucil, or if the patient is young enough, bone marrow transplantation. So the next um, group of disorders I'm going to consider is those that occur down the myeloid line, and these are the myeloproliferative disorders, characterized by excess proliferation with full differentiation. Now, usually, proliferation occurs down one cell line in a dominant fashion, and this explains the, the four conditions that can occur. If there's excess neutrophils, you get chronic myeloid leukemia, excess red blood cells, polycythemia vera, excess platelets, essential thrombocythemia, and also excess megakaryocytes is associated also with um, idiopathic myelofibrosis. Importantly, most of these conditions are accompanied by various degrees of fibrosis, extramedullary hemopoiesis in the spleen, resulting in splenomegaly or in the liver hepatosplenomegaly, and a constant risk of transformation into acute leukemia. So the first one of these conditions I'm going to talk about is polycythemia rubra vera, where the predominant presentation is within the increased production of red blood cells, However, this is only the dominant cell line, and often there is coexistent increases in other cell lines, so an increased platelet count and white, white blood cell count. Diagnostically, the challenge here is to distinguish between primary polycythemia or secondary polycythemia, which may be due to the kind of two patterns of, of, of disease. So patterns of chronic hypoxia, for example, in secondary lung disease, or patterns of abnormal um, erythropoietin secretion, for example, in renal cell carcinoma or polycystic kidney disease. So diagnostically, the most important thing is to exclude any of the secondary causes of polycythemia. Clinical presentation is in within, with two kind of sets of symptoms. Symptoms due to hyperviscosity, which occurs um, with or without increases in platelets, and these are kind of vascular phenomenon. You can have headaches, visual disturbances due to engorgement of the retinal veins, full-blown vascular events, DVTs, PEs, MIs, 
as well as an interesting condition called erythromyalgia, which is, is, is red painful extremities, typically worse in, worse in the lower limbs. The second group of clinical findings are related to increased histamine release, and these are um, aquagenic puritis and peptic ulceration. Investigations, as usual, are based upon the peripheral blood count and smear and bone marrow sampling, and there is an increased hemoglobin and hematocrit and possible raised platelets and white cells, and the bone marrow shows increased erythroid cellularity and often reticulin fibrosis. There is usually a reduced serum erythropoietin. Treatment is aimed at reducing viscosity, less than 45%, with venesection or uh, cytoreductive therapy if the platelet count is high, and also to reduce the thrombosis risk by giving aspirin and also by maintaining platelets less than 400. Most people with this condition, condition live more than 10 years. However, there may be transformation into leukemia or myelofibrosis, as we've spoken about before. The next condition I'm going to talk about is a central thrombocythemia, which is actually the, the hardest to diagnose because of, of the fairly common um, phenomenon of reactive thrombocytosis in association with inflammation, infection, and neoplasia, as well as, of course, the other myeloproliferative disorders. So the basic problem here is that the dominant cell line is of, of megakaryocytic lineage, and this leads to a uh, sustained thrombocytosis, typically greater than 600 times 10 to the 9 per litre. The clinical presentation is often incidental, but there may be, obviously with the high platelets, venous or arterial thrombosis, another vascular phenomenon that we've, we considered before, such as headaches, dizziness, and visual disturbances. Investigations typically, as we said, show a raised platelet count, and the marrow shows megakaryocyte um, abnormalities and obviously the presence, uh, the, the lack of presence of other um, MPDs. Once again, the aim of treatment is to reduce the risk of thrombosis. So you want to use aspirin and you want the platelet count to be less than 400, which can be um, done with cytoreductive therapy. For example, um, anangrelide, or hydroxycarbamide or hydroxyurea. The next condition which I'm going to consider is, is idiopathic myelofibrosis, which is an exceedingly rare condition but is, is appropriately considered in association with um, a central thrombocythemia because really it, it's due to a myeloproliferative process of the megakaryocytes, just like the, the, the condition we just talked about. But instead of re releasing excess platelets, um, although this, this, may, this may occur, there is a release of fibroblastic stimulating factors that result in an excess of stromal cells and associated um, fibrosis of the, of the bone marrow. Pathophysiologically, this results in, in marrow failure and uh, massive amounts of extramedullary hematopoiesis, characterized, of course, by massive hepatosplenomegaly. Clinically, patients may present incidentally, as with all these, these malignancies, or with massive hepatosplenomegaly or with um, cytopenias due to, 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 to bone marrow failure. However, it's important to note here that clinical presentation is often late. The blood film shows a leukoerythroblastic picture because a number of cells are being, being, being pushed out into the, into the blood, immature cells, and pathognomonically they show teardrop poikilocytes. The um, aspirate from the bone marrow will, will be dry tap, and the trephine, which is very important here for diagnosis, shows prominent megakaryocyte hyperplasia, new bone formation, osteosclerosis, and prominent collagen um, synthesis. 
The only treatment here is bone marrow transplantation in, in young patients. Otherwise, treatment is, is symptomatic, so with transfusions, or cryoreductive therapy if thrombocytosis is a problem. Thalidomide is the agent usually used. Interestingly, um, splenectomy can, can worsen this condition and lead to high levels of, of transformation. So the last myeloproliferative disorder I'm going to consider is chronic myeloid leukemia. And I've left it really till, till the end here because it's important to consider chronic myeloid leukemia as a myeloproliferative condition and not under kind of the other, the other leukemias. So, so in chronic myeloid leukemia, or CML, there are large number, numbers of differentiated neutrophils that are present in the blood. And these neutrophils have the pathognomonic feature in 95% of cases which is the Philadelphia chromosome. And this results due to translocation of ABL on chromosome 9 to, and BCR on chromosome 2, resulting in formation of the BCR-ABL protein, which through activation of tyrosine kinase signaling pathways causes dysregulation of various cellular processes. So there are three important phases within the natural history. Patients are typically diagnosed in the chronic phase, which lasts from a few months to, to, to up to five years, and can be controlled very easily with medication. Once this progresses, there is an accelerated phase with an increase in immature cells, um, up to 30% uh, blast cells, and then finally a, a transformation to an acute leukemia called the blast phase, where there are more than 30%, and this is usually refractory to treatment. Clinically, presentation usually occurs in middle-aged men um, with systemic symptoms, symptoms of bone marrow infiltration, or splenomegaly, which, which may be large enough to cause abdominal pain. In the blood, there is a leukocytosis with, as we said, a Philadelphia chromosome positive, and often there's associated basophilia. There's usually a normochromic normocytic anemia, as well as also a thrombocytopenia. The marrow, as you'd expect, is packed with granulocytic cells and often basophils as well. Treatment for CML is very elegant now that we have this new drug, um, imatinib, which is basically a tyrosine kinase inhibitor, which binds to one of the sites on the ABL protein and holds it in an active state and therefore prevents the cellular dysregulation that occurs. Um, the only curative treatment is bone marrow transplantation, which cures about half. So lastly, I'm going to consider the um, myelodysplastic syndromes. So these are another, another group of neoplastic hematopoietic disorders caused by mutations in, in stem cells. The malignant cells retain the ability to differentiate, but do so in a fairly disordered and, and ineffective manner. And as a consequence, the abnormal cells typically are forced to undergo apoptosis in the bone marrow, leading to very low peripheral blood counts or cytopenias. The majority of patients present with symptoms that are related to anemia and organomegaly is not often seen. Diagnostically, the hallmark of myelodysplastic um, syndromes is the presence of very peculiar or dysplastic blood cells in peripheral blood and bone marrow. However, often, what can often be a problem in diagnosing these syndromes is that demonstrating that this dysplasia is due to a clonal disorder rather than, than other dysplastic changes that can be seen in red blood cells um, in a variety of metabolic nutritional disorders such as vitamin B12 deficiency and um, folate deficiency. Treatment is largely supportive but doesn't really prolong survival and that there has been some, some benefit shown from both stem cell transplantation 
and intensive chemotherapy. The majority of patients, however, suffer from a progressive failure of the bone marrow, terminating in an acute leukemia. So that really completes um, the first part of this this podcast on the hematological malignancies. In the next one, I'm going to look at um, lymphoma and myeloma.